Welcome to Jaguars Thursday. Former Jaguars Jeff Logeman and Tony Baselli bring you expert insight and analysis of your Jacksonville Jaguars. Now to get things started, here's the host of Jaguars Thursday, J.P. Shadrick. Welcome in, J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Logeman, Tony Baselli coming up. It's Jaguars Thursday ahead of the AFC Championship game. The winner on to Super Bowl 52, the New England Patriots. Welcome to the Jacksonville Jaguars to Gillette Stadium, Foxborough, this Sunday, 3.05 the kickoff time. And it's uh, still a little surreal to be saying all of that. Logs, I'll be quite honest with you. It's another football game, JP. Just uh, the only thing that's a little bit different is uh, they got a name for it. There's a little and, bit different hype around it this week. And the, uh, and the and the kickoff start time, whatever, is a little different than normal. 3.05, you don't see many of them. That's right, except on championship. But it's game. a football game, and it's going to be an exciting football game. You know, and I, it, it, For me, this is the matchup that I have been wanting to see all season. I was hoping that the Jaguars would have an opportunity, you know, once once we saw what they were on defense. I was hopeful that the Jaguars would have an opportunity to meet the Patriots in the playoffs. I didn't expect it to be in the AFC title game. Uh but I'm glad that it is because I mean th- this is what you want to see. I mean, Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski against this Jaguars defense. I mean, this is it doesn't get any sexier than that when you're talking, you know, Xs and Os and football. And uh, I think the Jaguars have a wonderful opportunity, which is obvious. I and mean, that's not stating anything that people don't know. But I think this is an opportunity that can be reached. And, and, I, and I mean that. I think this, the, the Jaguars match up very well against the, the, the Patriots. I think they play the style of football that they really didn't want to see in the playoffs. And I'm looking forward to this game, I think, more than, than any game that uh, that has happened in quite a long time. Tony Baselli is with us tonight, prior to the Jaguars' left tackle from some locations. Where where are you, Tony? I'm at the Westwood One Studios tonight in New York City. Oh, the big town tonight. Yeah. New York City. New York City. I had a little uh, – It's it, uh, and I, I, I guess I'm almost a f- embarrassed to admit this, but <laughs> months ago – uh, I made plans up here for work and, uh, not thinking about the AFC championship game by any means. And <laughs> I guess I was wrong in doing that, but, uh, I realized last week, I'm like, my goodness, I got meetings in New York next week. So and so Westwood one was nice enough to let me use their studio. So we have a very clear connection and, uh, and all set. Wow. So let's start with uh, this opportunity for this Jaguars football well, team to go into Fox. I, I think there's, I think there's a lot of people around the country that are rooting for the Jaguars in this matchup for a lot of different reasons. For one, they're the underdog, and everybody likes to root, the, you know, for the underdog. But number two, look, people are sick and tired of the, of the New England Patriots. You know, the, the people that are outside the New England Boston area, they are. They want to see them get knocked off. They're tired of it. You know the. The scandals that have happened in the past between, you know, Deflate Gate and you know, cheating, possible filming practices of an opponent, you know, I mean, all those things. I mean, people are just they're, they're ready for that that era to end. And <laughs> what better team than the Jaguars to end it? I cool? agree. Yeah. They're going to end it. You, you know, you're, is it a lock? 
No, there's no walk. You don't walk the <laughs> AFC Championship oh, game on, Tony. when you're playing the Patriots. Um, I'll say this. If Tom Brady's hurt, I'll lock it. If he doesn't play, I'll lock it. And he had the hand injury. I'm sure you guys talked about it with Doug Marone, and we, no we, one's we buying did. it. Yeah. But he did not practice today. Yeah, but, you know, the interesting thing, Tony, and I, I don't know if you saw some of the footage from the game or watched the game film yet, but he was kind of kind of favoring the hand just a little bit in the game. And I know it's reported that he that he did it in practice. Right. I don't know if I'm buying that. think it was there before. I huh? think it was there before, and this may be something that he just aggravated. So I watched – I did watch that game. I've watched three different games of their offense. I haven't watched their their uh, defense yet. I'll dig into the defense uh, tomorrow and Saturday. But I've watched three different games trying to – Which games did you watch? I watched the last game, obviously. Mm-hmm. I watched the Pittsburgh game. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not uh, I, actually. I've watched four games. I watched the Pittsburgh game. I watched the San, uh, the Los Angeles Charger game, seeing you know how they attacked and what uh, a similar defensive philosophy did. And then I watched the Miami Dolphins game because yeah, they beat them. Uh, but they, but I wanted to see it just because they did beat them. But it, I, halfway through, I'm like, this is a little bit of a waste of time because Gronkowski didn't play. They're a completely different offense. Their their record is completely different. The, the, the Tom Brady, the Patriots with Tom Brady and Gronkowski on the field, are like ninety and twenty three. I mean, it's some ridiculous number. Yeah, but the, but the one thing I think that was that was very clear because I remember watching the Miami game and uh, and watched it twice. And the one thing that was very apparent is that Tom Brady never looked comfortable as a passer, and whether it was in Dominican Sioux or ninety seven. Okay, whoever that is, Tony, you can probably enlighten me on who that is. Yeah, I don't know. I they didn't were. Do, I didn't do a Dolphins game this year. Oh yeah, I did. Well, who was ninety seven? They I were don't know. D- JP will pull up. They were Doesn't matter, really. so disruptive up in his front. And when, when and, and people say that people say, well, you know, you got to get pressure of the front of, of Tom Brady. What do you mean, Jordan Phillips? Okay, Jordan Phillips. Tom Brady's forty oh, years old. Jordan Phillips. Okay, Tom Brady's forty years old, and his arm is not what it used to be. So for him to get great velocity and accuracy, he wants to step into his throws. And his ability to, to continue to do that, I think, masks some of his inadequacies that he has acquired from age. And so when you watch him in the Miami game and when you watch him in a couple instances against the Tennessee Titans, where he gets flashes of pressure or real pressure in front of him and he's not stepping into the throws – he doesn't have the arm strength, the muscle through and to make the throw anymore, mm-hmm. nor does he have the accuracy to do that. And so when people say the key with Tom Brady is to hit him, and yeah, it's the, the key is to hit him, but you know what? He can get hit and get up and, and play another. The, the key, though, is is pressure or, or the feeling of pressure in front of him. That's when he acts different as opposed to pressure from the sides or behind. Yeah, Marcel Darius called it the gnat in his face. Just be that pesky in gnat his face, all week. In front of his yeah, face. Yeah, exactly. Just not, right in, not in his ears, right here. okay, or not on the back of his neck. Right here. In, in his, his face. Neck. In front of his vision. Yeah. I agree. I mean, everyone wants to talk about sacking Tom Brady, and I think what you're saying, Jeff, it's not sacking. It's bothering. Exactly. And, if you, and Jeff's right, and that's why I continue to watch the Miami tape, even though Gronkowski was not in there. Is because I started watching the footwork and the accuracy. And, Watch his reaction and everything he was doing. And I, 
and immediately I said, if we can do if at that moment I decided the most the three most important players on defense are Clay Campbell, Malik Jackson, and Marcel Darius, and then four, Avery Jones. There you go. If those four guys get pressure and can get in the face and disrupt Tom Brady and force him to play like he did against Miami, the Jaguars will win the football game. Well, and and I would have a great chance to win the football game. I'm not. I mean, yeah. The one thing I'm not going to do is disrespect this Patriot franchise because they deserve all the respect in the world. And Jeff, I don't know if you watched the Charger game as well. I didn't. It was very similar. They were all over him. Uh, They didn't sack him a bunch. And we can talk about it as we talk about how to defend Gronk because I watched that specifically to see how they defended Gronk and what they did. Mm -hmm. But they did the same thing. They they harassed him. And they really got after him and got him off the spot and forced some early throws. And they only allowed New England to score 19 points. What did they, they do the on game. Gronk? What did they do on Gronk? Uh, it was interesting. So when he but, was – And hold on. Well, let me just preface this because the reason we're talking about the Chargers game is because Gus Bradley is now the defensive coordinator similar so. for the Los Angeles Chargers. Mm-hmm. Okay, I got that right once anyway. And with you know the similarities with you know the Gus Bradley defense and a Todd Walsh defense, that's where the curiosity comes from. How do the Chargers you know uh, take on Gronk? So, all right, Tony, go ahead. Sorry for interrupt, but I just want no, to yeah. put that out there. Yeah, so it's I think it's something I'm sure. I mean, don't you think Jeff that's something Todd Walsh probably watched? Sure, absolutely, he did. Yeah, uh, it was interesting. So when they went two by two, uh, they played single high. And they actually played the safety. It was three deep. But when he went vertical, he carried Gronk. They took four shots at it. In a die, the safety defended all four. And they they trusted him to make a play. Um, When he was in line, they did something similar. They played three deep. And depending on his route, and you know, I mean, I don't know all the rules in particular, but if number two goes vertical, he's going to carry him. And they played their rules. Now, they changed it up, and they did different things on third down. They gave different looks. But they really just played their stuff and said, we're going to cover them. And they used the safety to cover them. Now, we went outside, and they played zone. The corners were on them Mm -hmm. because it's zone coverage, three deep. And so that was their base look. And I'm not an expert, but watching, and sometimes it's hard to tell the difference between man and zone in three deep. It looked like, I mean, but they played a lot of single high, and it looked like they were playing a, a combination of man and, and zone rules. Yeah, it's it, uh, it's going to be interesting to see kind of how, you know, how they're going to play Gronk because, you know, in the scenarios that you're talking about there, the one thing that, that's consistent is that the safety's involved a lot. That's right. Uh, and, and watching the Tennessee Titans, how they play Gronkowski, it was almost exclusively uh, Kevin Byard, the safety that was covering Gronkowski, and it didn't work out so well. And, and so, the same thing with Pittsburgh, Jeff. If you watch Pittsburgh, yeah, they tried they to Sean Davis, Sean Davis, and and that didn't work. And it did. It was terrible. But but here's the thing that that you're you know that we're I'm concerned about. Okay, to Sean Gibson, who who is the guy yeah. that would cover a tight end and has covered tight ends this year for the Jaguars, left the game with a foot injury, uh, didn't return, and hasn't practiced yet this week. Mm-hmm. I mean that that is a a huge huge uh, issue. When it comes to who's going to cover Rob Gronkowski, and not to uh, you know to say bad things against Jared Wilson, Jared Wilson is a 
is a nice backup. And but look, he's not. But the key word there, Jeff. The key word, backup. Backup. Yeah. So, Tony, I think that because of of Tashawn Gibson's status, and 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 maybe he practices tomorrow and he plays. But you know, as a coaching staff, you know, you might be a little bit nervous. I think when when Rob Gronkowski displaces. When they're in that three three wide receiver, one tight end, one back set, I think Ramsey's on them. I think he will be. Wow. Todd Wash today in his press conference said they're just going to run their defense, but who knows? You never know uh, what they're really going to give up. We'll come back. Plenty to get to in this Jags-Patriots matchup for the AFC Championship. A little offensive talk coming up. A little more defensive talk. And, and we'll look at last week's results in the picks. That's down the line a little bit tonight. Jags Patriots for the AFC Championship this Sunday. And this is Jaguars Thursday on Jaguars Radio. What do you say to people who say you guys are playing with house money going into this game? <laughs> You know, uh, that's, that's, that's different. That's silly to me. You know, uh, uh, we've, we've earned the right to be here. We've, we've, we've uh, put a lot of time and effort in. And so, uh, you know, I mean, this is an opportunity that we feel like we deserve and, uh, and, we, and we prepare for. You know, I, you know I, I can honestly say I expected to be here, you know. And um, uh, we're going to go out there and, and do everything possible to figure out how to, how to stay alive. You know, you earn the right to be in the Super Bowl, you know, and this is the, the, grand, the greatest stage, you know, I'm looking forward to the opportunity. You know, they say you want to be the best, you have to beat the best, so I can't wait to get out there and try. Calais Campbell, the question from Hayton Mark Long. Kidding, of course. Jaguars Thursday continues. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman, Tony Baselli. There's no house money here. These guys think they can go win the football game. That's the way it should be. Well, it, it, I think we might look at it as house, house money because of the great year they've had and they've gone – beyond expectations but i'll tell you as a player who has been in these games and jeff has as well you better not view this house money because you might never get back again now it's a it's a great challenge and uh i think i think the amazing thing to me is that you know when you when you talk to players you know about being where they're at they all say we expected to be here yes to a man. Okay, but you know what? Here's the thing. It's not like they just started saying that. They were saying that back in, April. in, in March and April. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, talking to Doug, uh, you know, he, he talking to him about his football team, you know, when you, when you ask him, you know, will your team get nervous or, you know, how will they react? What's the one thing he always says? He goes, this team is just different. I mean, how many times have we heard him say that? Can't figure him out, you know. You know, and, and I are. and I think that that's. I mean, and when he says that, he's not saying different in a bad way. He's saying different in a good way, different, special, unique. You know, and that this is a you know because you know what, it's not like this is a group of Tony like what we were. You know, a, a collection. What do you mean? What's that mean? <laughs> yeah, Logs, well, explain I mean, yourself. We, we were a very young, in 96, we were a very young team with, with a, a, you know, a bunch of cast-offs, you know, and, and a few free agents sprinkled in. I mean, this this team and where they are now, you've got a, a, a nucleus of players that have been here for four years, for the most part, okay? And then you've got big money free agents that were brought in that have that have won before. We had big money free agents. We had yeah, you. But, I mean, think about '96. <laughs> we had Cersei. I mean, look, look, if I was big money, <laughs> can't in hide 96, money logs. Can't hide we money. We had Keenan. Wow. 
but I mean, in '96, I mean, did it's just it was it's just a little different, you know. It just has a a different feel, and this is, and this is a, a I mean, Tony, we didn't have a swagger like this group has a swagger. I, can, I thought I I'll say that. this. Here's the difference, Jeff. I think we had a bunch of good players that I don't think we realized how good we were and how good, and I don't think the NFL realized how good individual players we had. We had Jimmy Smith, but no one knew how good Jimmy Smith was back then. We had Keenan McCardle. Keenan McCardle wasn't – I mean, that was his kind of coming out year. Uh, we had Tony Brackens. No one knew that Tony Brackens was what he was going to be. rookie. He was a rookie. We had uh, – I mean, Cersei was established, but even myself. I was a young player. I mean, and you look at this team, you know Jalen Ram. I mean, Jalen Ram is all pro this year. So he's respected. Clayus Campbell's all pro. And so we had a bunch of good players, but Jeff's right. They, we were not established in the eyes of the NFL of, of being elite players. I mean, Mark Brunell was not viewed as an elite quarterback at that time. He was, a, he was really a second-year starter, first-year full-time starter. And so that is the difference. Yeah, it's, it's just unique, though, that, you know, that, that, but when Doug says that, I mean, it's, I love hearing him say it, you know, and not because I just like the way he says it. I like to hear it because, you know, I don't even think he can actually put words on how to explain, you know, the uniqueness of this group. Yeah, when you hear guys that are around it all the time for so many years say something like that, that's when you know you probably got yeah, something because they don't come out and say that every day. This is not know? Doug's first rodeo. That's right. You know, so so it's, it's good that he says that and it's good that he feels that way. So, uh, and I'm looking forward to, to this group because, you know, if there was – if there, you know, and with him saying that, you're, you're talking about f- facing the greatest of all time, the greatest quarterback of all time, the greatest coach of all time, at their place, arguably the the greatest playoff home field advantage ever. And so, when you have that 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 kind of monumentous challenge, okay, what better group to face it than one that's that's just different that's just unique that has a swagger that has a confidence that can't wait until sunday that doesn't care about all that stuff on the they don't there. they, they don't, don't. Give a damn. they, they don't, don't care. care you know and and i you know go back tony to uh to the august practices and i was thinking about this earlier today and cuz i remember the other you know, some of the Jaguar players that didn't practice during the inter-squad practices, and, and there were some of the New England Patriot players that didn't practice in that game. But I just remember Yannick Ngakwe on an absolute terror in practice against the Patriots, so much so that Bill Belichick went up to him, and you could see that he was complimenting him and praising him on the way that he was practicing. And – also, thinking about the matchups, the individual matchups that we saw that Marquise, Marquise Lee, what did he win? He won every yeah. one-on-one matchup That's that right. he had. Sure. You know, so you, you, th- those, those things kind of flash back into your mind, and you sit there and you go, okay, okay, now it's time to see some yeah. of that again, right? The, the other side of the coin, though, Dante Fowler got run off the field. Yeah, uh, but he was still pushing. learning that. Tom Brady was lighting up a backup secondary for the Jags, so if anybody goes down, that's a concern. He was up and down the field. Well, so. if anybody goes down, it's always a concern. Right. So. Even if you're facing somebody else besides Tom Brady. That's right. So It's a long time ago. It is. 
long time, long time ago. ago. Hey, uh, we'll come back in just a moment and flip it around to the offensive side. And, Tony, we need to talk about this Jags offensive line, what they did last week, and can they do it again coming up here in Foxborough. PRI Productions, the official event production company of the Jags, has everything you need to bring your next idea to life. Visit PRIproductions.com. It's Jaguars Thursday on Jaguars Radio. That type of stuff for me uh, is big, you know, because you know I don't care much, I guess, about what is said outside of our lot. You know, what I care about is in that locker room, and, and and those are the opinions I care about. I guess is what I'm trying to say. So, um, when other people say stuff, or when it comes from anywhere, you know, it doesn't bother me. But to see, uh, you know, guys within that locker room stand up for me and say stuff um, it is pretty cool because those are the opinions that I that I value and the guys, um, you know, that I want to impress and do well for. So, I think anytime you get, you know, a guy like that, um, you know. To stand up is awesome and you know i do the same thing for him in rb there's blake Bortles, jags quarterback asked about his teammates vocal support of his critics jaguars thursday jp shadrick jeff Lagerman, tony Vaselli. it's a spicy jaguars team now they'll go out and uh, tell you something after a football game mm. if it's hey a look result. uh well it was a spicy steelers team before <laughs> the game right. and the jaguars uh you know Sprinkle their spice on it after the game. <laughs> they did. It was great. It was good, good stuff. And, you know, but it, it speaks to something you said last time, Jeff. The one thing I'm not worried about, and I think so often when teams play the Patriots, they're beat before they ever show up mm-hmm. because of Tom Brady and Belichick and you know, Gronk and seven straight AFC championships, the five Super Bowls, you know, all the talk of the greatest team ever and yada, yada, yada. This group – they don't well, care. They won't be intimidated. In fact, I would argue defensively, not argue, I know, that they're going in thinking they're going to win the game and thinking they're better than the Patriots and thinking they're going to shut down the Patriots. Now they respect them, but there is a confidence and a swagger about this team where they're going to walk into that stadium, and I think that is caught on and it's been infectious to the offense and the mental toughness, and we just heard what Blake said, the mental toughness of Blake Bortles is one of the most impressive things I've seen in a long time, the way he's handled everything. And I believe this is a group going in very confident, respectful but confident, that feels like not only do they belong, but that they're the better team and they're going to beat the Patriots. Pretty pretty interesting uh, locker room post-game at Pittsburgh. You know, grab Jalen Ramsey for a comment, <laughs> and you might remember this. And uh, – and, talk with Jalen about the win and 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 said you know hey uh, what a what a great challenge next week in an AFC title game against the New England Patriots well he took the word challenge as something that might be insurmountable and so he says I don't look at it as a challenge I look at it as an opportunity but I mean, that's how you know the, the it's just small different, difference. you know, just yeah, just a small difference. Sure. But I mean, that's sure. the mindset, you know, and the mindset of this team and the mindset of this defense, and you know, a lot of it comes from Jalen Swagger, you know, brash confidence, swagger, whatever you want to call it. He's just got something about him because he can go back it up too. That's part. Oh, of it. he can back yeah. it up. You know, that's why. Like when you get when you get all the commentary about the New England Patriots players talking about the comments that he made. You know, with the you know the greet. Well, you know when the team flew back and he made the comments that yeah we're we're going to win the Super Bowl and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, what did the Patriots players say? He can back it up. He's a great player. 
Yeah, and not that they don't feel the same way about their chances, yeah, too. Absolutely. Hey, uh, offense here. Blake Bortles opened this up in this segment. He executed very well last week. The, the offense really as a whole in key situations, Tony, especially in that fourth quarter last week, when they had to get a drive to go down the field, Blake led the way. They he ran answered. the ball when they had to, and Blake and the offense answered in that game last week. Yeah, I thought, we, and we talked about it during the broadcast, and that as the game got tighter, I think each time the offense got the ball, we said how important it was. We talked about it in the uh, booth during the break, and then we carried over to the broadcast saying how they needed to answer right here, how critical it was for them to answer. And they did every time. And, wow, Blake still has not led this offense back when from behind in the fourth quarter, you know, in those defining moments to win a football game. I think the pressure was the same in Pittsburgh. I don't think it was any different where they understood that they had to answer and they had to do something and do it immediately. If not, here come the Steelers. They're on a roll offensively. They're making plays. They're getting back in the game. Well, and they got a home crowd behind sure, them. You know, so, you know, and even if you know they didn't answer directly with points, at least they, they answered you know, moving the sticks. And, uh, and you could feel it, Jeff, in the stadium that the momentum was shifting several times to the Steelers, and then every time we felt like that, and you could feel it in the stadium. Blake Bortles in this offense answered, and it was it was uh, kind of like a merry-go-round of players to make those plays. You know, the third down completion to Marquise Lee, uh, the swing pass to T.J. Yeldon for a big play, the 40, long yeah. pass to Keelan Cole. You know, Blake Bortles with his legs. D.D. had one late. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and that's you know that's the kind of thing that I think that the Patriots you know team gets accustomed to because Tom Brady does such a good job of spreading the ball around to where everybody seems to take turns being the hero, whether it be Amendola or Deion Lewis or Rob Gronkowski. And, look, I'm not trying to put Blake Bortles in the same conversation as Tom Brady, but I'm just saying that in the game, the way that he responded to to those situations and how he did it with different people without leaning on one guy in particular I thought was outstanding. Hey, Tony, I'm interested. Last week, obviously, the offensive line dominated up front and pushed in the run game. They kept Blake upright all day long. How's the matchup this week against this front seven for New England? It's different. Um, They don't have a Cam Hayward. They don't have a Stephon Tewitt. But they're big inside. They're very good at gap control. They're very sound defensively. And when they get you to third down, they're going to give you a lot of different looks. They're going to give you a lot of three down. Uh, different coverages, uh, different blitz uh, blitz looks that you're really going to have to be on your game. And so this week is as much as a mental game as anything. you got to be really assignment sound, and you better play a physical brand of football because they're going to be in the right place at the right time. They're not going to make those mistakes. They're going to have good leverage. They're, they're going to do a good job. That's why they're able to be the fifth-rated uh, scoring defense in the NFL with subpar talent in the front seven. Now, in the back half, they're much better. They have some talent in the back half and the secondary. But up front, there's not one guy that scares you. Yeah, I, I think Trey Flowers is a really good football player. He's but the Jeff, one but guy. He's not a, he's not gonna he's not a keep you up, up at night. No, player. no, no, no. He's not, you know, clowny or a JJ no, he's a, Watt he's a, or no. you know, any any of those types. But I think the one the one thing that they do very well, Tony talks about how they they always, you know, do things the right way. I mean, it's one of the most disciplined defenses that you'll ever watch. Mm-hmm. And they don't make mistakes. And, and here's, I think, the thing that, that that's a credit to their coaching staff. They play 3-4. Uh, 
They play 4-3. They play five defensive backs. They might play seven defensive backs. They might play six defensive backs. They're so multiple in what they do. And, and a lot of teams, when they go multiple or when they are multiple, they make mistakes. But I think that's one thing that makes this defense and this team unique is that when they do all of that, they don't make mistakes. And that's what makes them a challenge to face as an offense against their defense because they can play it however they want to. you know. And they've done a great job in the past of, of focusing and stopping at what an opponent does best and them forcing them to find another way to win. And let's hit on that real quick because so if you're looking at what – the game plan is if we try to get into the mind of Matt Patricia and, and Bill Belichick, they're going to have a game plan. And it's not just putting eight in the box, but they're going to put eight in the box. But they're going to have a game plan to say we are going to take away the running game, and specifically Leonard Fournette. And we are going to make Blake Bortles beat us with his arm. And they'll have a game plan for his scramble. I wouldn't be surprised if they have a spy and they do some different things like that to take away – some of those uh, scramble plays that Blake's kills people with. Which is not new. There's been some other teams that have done that this year, Blake said at least earlier. No, but they're going to have a detailed plan. I'm just telling you, they're outstanding. I'll go back to the 96 playoffs when Bill Belichick was the defensive coordinator. If you look at the first two games when we played Buffalo and Denver, we ran the ball very well. Uh, Mark had good games throwing the ball, but the X factor was Mark's legs. And he killed them. He killed, uh, on, uh, At different times of that game, especially Denver, he killed them with his legs. And I remember going into that game, we were confident we could run the ball, and we didn't have a great day running. They had a very good game plan against us for the run game. And when we got into third down situations, they only rushed three and dropped eight, with one of those being Teddy Bruschi, who literally stood at the line of scrimmage and mirrored Mark Brunell wherever he went. And so they said, we're taking away the run of the quarterback scramble. We might not pressure and get a ton of sacks, but we're going to rush those three and cover behind, and if and if the, it breaks down where Mark starts scrambling, we're going to have one of our best defenders, our best tacklers right there to chase him around and make a play. And they took it away, and they made it difficult. Now, we didn't play our best game by any means, but he made it difficult for them uh, for us to move the ball and do some of the things that had made us successful in the first two games. Yeah, and uh, I think there's a lot of carryover from a film standpoint if you're, if you're the Jaguars, you know, because you're looking at, what they did against the Tennessee Titans. Well, you know, the Tennessee Titans kind of want to do things very similar to what the Jaguars do. Now the passing game and some of the principles, that may be a little bit different. But the foundation of the Titans wanting to run the football and then complement the running game with a little bit of a passing attack, I mean, that's kind of the same approach. And uh, the Patriots did a, a fantastic job against Tennessee. I mean, Tennessee had like you know 260-something yards, uh, holy cow. Uh, eight sacks. Yeah, eight sacks in the game. Uh, their third down percentage uh, was like 30% allowed. Uh, Derrick Henry did nothing. I mean, so they did a great job against the Tennessee Titans. And, and to me, that's, you know, even though the, the sexy matchup is Tom Brady against the Jaguars defense, you know, a matchup that's just as important, obviously, and but just not as sexy is the Patriots' defense against Blake Bortles and the Jaguars' offense. I actually think that's the the more important matchup, Jeff. And the reason I say that is the Jaguars' defense is going to be great, and Tom Brady's going to be great. And they're going to go back and forth, and it's going to be a great battle. And 
in, in that matchup, it's going to be pertinent for this offense to score some points and do some things and to convert th- third downs and to keep Tom Brady off the field. And so how they handle the challenge that's in front of them from a schematic standpoint and a physical standpoint is critical. They have to convert third downs. They have to uh, have sustained drives. Because I don't care how good you are defensively, if you give Brady and Gronk enough opportunities, they're going to make some plays. Uh, that's uh, you know the, the good thing is the Jaguars' offense trending in the direction where Tony's wanting them to be yeah. at this Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were really good on third down this past mm-hmm. game, fifty-seven percent, eight of fourteen. Uh, red zone production. You know when you're playing Tom Brady and or Peyton Manning, what do you always say about the offense? You got to score touchdowns. You can't, can't kick field goals. Can't so kick field goals. You know, good. so they've been good in that area as well. So. You know, you hope that that continues in the offensive line plays as good as or better than what they did against Pittsburgh because that was a fine performance against the Pittsburgh Steelers up front. I mean, the Jaguars did a great job up front. Patrick Omame and Cam Robinson, left side, Tony, they owned it. They owned the Pittsburgh Steelers. I thought they all played great. I thought it was an outstanding effort. I thought Parnell had some great blocks on the backside against Tewitt and allowed cutbacks. I thought Linder was great get, uh, doubling with both guards getting up to the next level. I thought Mercedes Lewis started blocking again very well. It was physical on the edges. I thought overall it was an outstanding effort up front. And then Fournette had the explosion once he got to you know through that initial uh, line of scrimmage to really get to the next level and make people pay. You know, it sounds like you want to go over the pro football focus grades, Tony. If you want to go rehash those again, we can do that. I would rather not. Did you guys do that this week? Oh, every week. How'd they grade out? Oh, very well. They did very well this week, Jeff, but they make me do it every week, and I hate it. (laughs) Who who didn't grade out well? Nobody on offense. Everyone on offense was green. How about defense? Uh, There was some negatives, a couple negatives. I think they downgraded the safeties really low. Yeah. Um and I don't remember who else graded. How did, how, here, I got a question because I thought I thought the, the the two best games by defenders was Telvin Smith and Malik Jackson. They were the both highest rated guys. Malik okay. was number one. And, All right. Well, for, uh, for a guy who doesn't pay attention, Tony, you remember it pretty well. I, I got well because you guys beat the hell out of me every Monday night about it. <laughs> you got that right. I experienced Everbank Field in an entirely new way on a fully guided behind the scenes private tour. See for for yourself why the. Travel Channel included Everbank Field on its list of bucket list destinations for football fans. Visit Jaguars.com for more information. We'll take a look around the National Football League and we'll look at the picks from last week. We'll pick the championship games when we return. This is Jaguars Thursday on Jaguars Radio. team outside of the New York Yankees, you know, it's probably the best, you know, dynasty that, that you've seen. I mean, they, they're an outstanding football team. When you're playing against New England, who, who hasn't been an underdog? I mean, I, it doesn't, I mean, everybody should. I mean, they're, they're the team you have to beat. There's Doug Marone. If you haven't heard, he's a Yankees fan. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman. Tony Baselli. Uh, check out Jack Hanania's Audi Jacksonville and Blanding. You can lease a beautiful new A3 from just two twenty nine a month. Head over today for details. Yeah, yeah. Talk, talking about the greatness. I mean, there's some of the things that you just 
you read and and you and you learn about the Patriots. I mean, because they, they literally it's it's thirty pages long of how great they are. <laughs> and the, and the crazy thing is, it makes you nauseous, in my opinion. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But you know what? If it was this team, we'd get nauseous one bit at all. I mean, I'd read every ounce of it. I'd be studying it on a weekly basis. If I, mean, that was I, us. I mean, here's here's some things that just chicken scratch. Okay, mm-hmm. under Brady and Belichick. Yes, seven Super Bowl appearances, five Super Bowl titles. That's right. Okay, two losses to TC. They have uh, now. They're going to be in their seventh straight AFC Championship game. Uh, out of those seven times, it'll be their fifth time hosting it in the seven years. They've had nine consecutive playoff seasons. They've had eight straight seasons of 12 wins or more. I mean, unbelievable. I mean, and, and most of all of them, those things that we talk about, the nine consecutive playoff seasons, nine consecutive division titles, those are all NFL records. I mean, seven consecutive AFC title games, NFL record. Yeah. Okay? Most in NFL history. And in those seven appearances, four of the seven has been as the number one seed. I mean, <laughs> they're unbelievable. I mean, they are truly greatness. But I think the one thing, Tony, and you would agree with me, their greatness when it started in the, in the early 2000s was really as the entire team. You know, Tom Brady and great players on defense. Now it's more about Tom Brady. It's very Tom Brady-centric greatness, and it's much different than it was in the early years. You know, it is, but you also have to add, I mean, they got the greatest tight end to ever play a game. Ever. In my opinion. Now, his numbers won't be there because of injuries, but when he's healthy, tell me a better tight end than Rob Gronkowski. Complete tight end because he doesn't just catch the ball. He blocks. He does every single thing you want to, and he does it at a high level. I mean, maybe there's better. There's going to be guys with, I mean, Tony Gonzalez, uh, Shannon Sharp, great players, Hall of Famers, no doubters. Um, But Rob Gronkowski, if you're asking me if I'm building a team for a game, who I want starting at tight end, it's Rob Gronkowski. 76 career tight end uh, touchdowns Mm -hmm. as a tight end. And, yeah, he's not up there with Gonzalez and all them, but here's one area that he is. I mean, 15.7 yards per catch this year. I mean, in his career average in yards per catch, blows everybody else out of the water. And he has 77 touchdowns, Jeff. How many career games is that? It's like I, – I don't know the answer to that. That's a great question. I think it's maybe, I don't know, 110. Yeah. I mean, so he's averaging about – Point six, you know, over you know, point six touchdowns per game. I mean, it's, it's something ridiculous. It's you're, Sixty you're, to seventy percent of the yeah, games he scored a touchdown. Right? It's, it's nuts. nuts. It's yeah. absolutely crazy. Yeah, and he and he and he, uh, he owns well after this game because I mean, you would assume that he would have at least one catch for thirteen yards, right? Okay, in this game, I think I hope not. Well, I mean, if he doesn't, I mean, great, but I mean, he's probably going to have one catch for thirteen yards. You have no he, confidence, Jeff. You have no confidence. You're already beat, Jeff. Obviously. Before I mean, we get to Foxborough, yeah, you're, you're already, already giving up. Bob Sosie and those guys got you beat already. His Quitter. postseason numbers, okay, he's got fifty-eight catches, eight hundred and thirty-five yards. That's seventy-five point nine yards a game. Ten postseason touchdowns, and those eight hundred and thirty-five yards. I mean, all he needs is thirteen more to pass Dallas Clark. And he will have yards, touchdowns, 
for the, as the greatest tight end in playoff history. Mm. Mm. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's incredible. He's a great player. Hey, uh, Tony, do you buy the Tom Brady hand injury? Yeah, I think he's hurt. I don't think it's going to affect him come game time. I think he'll be fine. But I think he, I think he's dinged up. Otherwise, he'd be practicing. True. Yeah, it's not just a ploy. No, to, he'd uh, be practicing. Yeah. I mean, come on. The practice is more important than trying to fake the Jaguars out. And by the way, it's not faking anyone out if it is a ploy because they're going to prepare like he's playing full full strength. So I think it's real. I think he has a, a hand that's not 100%. I also think Tom Brady has played probably a lot of games not 100%. And that he will be out there slinging it around, you know, and where Tom Brady is the greatest of all time is he will know exactly what he's looking at pre-snap and right where he wants to go with the ball. And that's why it's so hard to pressure him because the ball's out so quick. He's good at that now. I mean, yep. he, Deion Lewis, James White. And Jeff, stop right there. Don't go any further. Deion, this is something that I don't think has got enough attention by, from anyone this week at least uh, that I've listened to. I mean, we talked about it a little bit Monday, and I know, Jeff, I, you've been focused on it a little bit. But one of the big X factors that scares the heck out of me is Deion Lewis and James White out of the backfield. Mm-hmm. And by the way, they run the ball pretty dang good as well. And they have a very they have a creative run game. They do a lot of different stuff. They probably run Wham more than any other team in the NFL or as much. Where that, and that Wham is where Rob, Rob Gronkowski comes from the H-back position. Or their fullback, and I can't think of his name right now. Number forty-six comes from the full James back. Devlin. James Devlin, and comes in. Pro bowler, and they basically trap one of the th- uh, defensive tackles, and get that, the and get the lineman up on the uh, linebacker level immediately. It's very effective. Outside coming out of the backfield, they are a handful. And if you go back to a couple of years ago in the Super Bowl when they played the Seahawks, the game they won, they really shouldn't have. If the Seahawks call it right at the end, but they did win. The running backs were a killer in that game. Yep. yep. And, and here's here's the numbers to back up what you're saying, Tony. Deion Lewis and James White in the Tennessee game, 32 touches, 181 yards mm. with those two guys. Mm. Again, 32 touches, 181 yards for Deion Lewis and James White in last week's playoff game against the Tennessee Titans. It's a problem. It's something you got to worry about. Now the good news is, I mean, where you fight that—I mean, where you feel, where you fight against that—and you feel have some confidence—is the speed that the Jaguars have at the linebacker position in, in Telvin Smith and Miles Jack. So they're, but it's also an IDing of that situation. So when you go into zone coverage and they are coming out of the backfield and working the flat or working those ang- uh, diagonal routes into the middle in between the backers, you have to have good. You know, good identification, and if you're in man, you better not fall asleep thinking they're picking up the blitz or they're they're chipping or they're working their way out, because Tom Brady will find them, and he'll get them the ball in open space, and Deion Lewis and James White are a nightmare in the open field to tackle one on one. They're very good. They're very elusive. Let's get to the results of last week's divisional round picks here mm. on Jaguars Thursday. Mm, let's see how we did. I know Jeff went further backwards. No, no, no. We we were all three and one. Stayed the same. Yeah, we were all three and one. You actually gained a little bit of ground there, Logs, on second place uh, for the season. Baselli's leading the way, one sixty six and ninety four. Those counted for nine point uh, what three times three worth. Three times worth. So. Which one did uh, you and I? Which uh, which one did Jeff get right that we didn't? I can't remember. That's in the other room. It was, I wrote it down. Um, Who did I pick? I picked. Oh, the, you guys picked Atlanta. Yeah, that's right. No, I did not. I picked Philly. 
I picked Atlanta. Yeah. Okay, that's where that's, that's where, where I that was up. your. Oh, you, know. you guys both picked uh, uh, the Vikings, and I picked New Orleans. That's, that's right. That's and right. I, I no, right. my my incorrect pick was I took Tennessee. Yep, that's what it was. Yep. Yeah, that's uh, that's all right. So uh, Tony, so if, if we wouldn't have forced you to, you felt like you were out of desperation, you would have gained some ground. Well, it was more gone. of a of a hopeful pick. Yeah, that was a bad pick. Yeah, it was a bad pick, but it was a hopeful pick. That was a dumb pick. So he's leading the way. I'm a game back still. Logs is gaining though. He's uh, nine games back of second place. Yeah, but what is the, what are they worth this week? They're worth uh, six. ten, right? Six. Ten each game. Ten. No, they're worth six. 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 Why six? Where were they last week? Three. Okay, they're worth four this week. Oh, no, 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 no. They got a double every week. So six. I'm with you, Tony. Six. Okay, fine. Six. So we 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 outvote uh, JP, so it's six. That's fine. Six. I think we all have the Jaguars, right? Jeff? Heck yeah. Yeah. I got too. Jags. Je- JP, will you pick the Patriots? No. last time you, when no one thought we were going to win, you picked the Steelers. <laughs> no, we, it was week five. Yeah, I know, but that was distant was, history. It was they great. They haven't proven anything yet then. Uh, ja- uh, Jaguars, they can go up and win this football game. So No, they're league. going to. Not can. They're going to. They yes. can and they will. There's a difference. NFC Championship game is at 640. The Vikings and the Eagles. The Vikings on the final play. Of uh, regulation, got the touchdown to beat the Saints. Incredible play, one of the great plays in playoff history and league history. And they're playing the Eagles in Philly. Who you got? Uh, I got the Eagles. Um, uh, the Eagles' defense is so good at home. I mean, they're really dominating. All the numbers point to it. They're the number one rush defense. Their scoring defense, I think, after last week, is probably around eleven or twelve, thirteen points a game. Uh, they got a good front four. They're good in the back half. I, I think uh, they can run it well. Jai is really playing well now. Minnesota's defense is good. I think Nick Foles does enough, and I find I, I just think the home team that uh, home field matters in this game, and I think they end up beating the Vikings in a very close game. You know, a, a fourteen ten. Mm. You know, seventeen fourteen type of game, kinda, low scoring. Kind of like the the Falcons game. Yes, the, uh, very the, similar the to that game. I'm going the other way. Minnesota, team mm. of destiny now, at least to get to the Super Bowl <laughs> after what happened at the end of the game. <laughs> destiny. <laughs> at least to get to the Super Bowl. You know they'll face the Jags in the Super Bowl and lose. Cause the you Jags know who's hoping yes. the, uh, the Vikings don't make it to the Super Bowl? Uh, Joe. No. Besides Joe. All the, uh, all the, uh, super, the whole Super Bowl committee – of Minnesota, including the mayor and all the people who own hotels Hotel. yeah, in Minnesota. They want, they want tourist money. Because that takes half of the one of the teams <laughs> traveling to Minnesota and uh, all those you know rooms and hotels and everything else that fill up with the uh, visiting teams uh, will be half of what it usually is. I think it's going to be a great football game. And I, I think the advantage goes to the quarterback who's been in place the longest. You know, both teams play great defense. And Case Keenum has been in place for the Vikings for most part of the year. And and I, it's never been done in NFL history to where the host city had their team playing in it. And I think this year it happens. And it will be a Jaguars-Vikings Super Bowl. Mm. There you have it. The picks are in. We'll find out what happens. So I can. I'm gonna. Jeff can't catch me, can he? What's the What's the total again? Well, it depends on how much the Super Bowl's worth. Well, I know. No, in this game, he can't catch me this week. Oh no, 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 no. Because this is worth six, right? So he's back ten. So I'm either gonna have a huge lead on him, 
and a nice lead on you. Otherwise, or I'm going to be in second place yeah. at the Super Bowl. That's right. He could get you. So uh, there you have it. Picks are in, and uh, boy, what a run that would be. The Jags going to New England a week after going to Pittsburgh and knocking off Big Ben and the Steelers, going to New England. And then going to Minnesota to face a homestanding Vikings team in a Super Bowl. I got a question for you guys. Yes. After the Jaguars beat the Patriots, will they actually finally get credit? And will the conversation be about what the Jaguars did in the game to win? Or will it be like Pittsburgh, where the entire narrative and all the commentary was what Pittsburgh did to lose the game? Uh, you hope Tom, the latter. Tom had a bad hand. You, you, know, you hope the latter yeah. just because it uh, it motivates this football team. Yeah. You know, the, the, the more perceived slights that they get, the more juice it puts in their, in their gusto. I'm that's with what, you. That's what you want. I'm with you. I'm with you, but Tom's got a bad hand. Hey, that's going to be the story. Who, who hey, has where are we? the two best defenses in the National Football League? Minnesota. Yeah. Jacksonville. Okay. Let's go. There it is. Hey, where are we going to eat dinner all week in Minnesota? Do we have our reservations <laughs> set Manny's, up? Manny's Steakhouse. You're buying. All right. Thanks for dinner. Uh, you you guys weeks. did hear him say all right yeah. when I said you're buying, It's right? on tape. It's on tape. The archive up tomorrow on Jaguars.com. I'm backing out right now. <laughs> Tony, have a good one. We'll see you. See you, guys. Tony Baselli in New York City. Jeff Lagerman here. Max Hollywood-Hockman. Joe Fortunato. For our whole crew, I'm J.P. Shadrick. The Jaguars and the New England Patriots Sunday in the AFC Championship game, a 305 kickoff. We'll see you next time. It's Jaguars Thursday on Jaguars Radio.